0: The Football Manager Files, a Muddy Knees media production for Sports Interactive. Part 4. Tactics.
1: For the Arsenal game, we had a wee ante room and my video man was in there and I wanted to show zigic something. And thank goodness I did because it actually happened in the game. And it was a bit of footage against us in Villa where we drew one each with Villa but zigic had a chance to score in the last minute. And it was a cross into the box and he went up with the goalkeeper and he kind of shrunk his neck a little bit. But he still won the ball because of his enormous height and he headed it narrowly past the post. And I said, look, you could have won the game for us if you'd kept your head extended. I said, just, just take the punch. If you're going to get punched, you're going to get punched. You know, it'll hit you anyway, even if your neck. So he says, yeah, yeah, Scotch, yeah, I see that, yeah, I should have scored, should have scored. And uh, lo and behold, corner kick, Roger Johnson heads it from the edge of the box, goalwards and Zigic gets up above the Arsenal goalkeeper and the neck is extended and he's just flicked in. amazing, you know, one of your little attention to details, things comes off and... You feel absolutely ecstatic and certainly in a a major cup final of that magnitude against the mighty Arsenal who the bookies had wiping the floor with us was, was very sweet.
0: Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh. In this part of the Football Manager Files, we're going to be talking tactics. Because it's not the game, it's your tactics. How do some managers get it so right when the last bloke got it so wrong and with the same players? How can you make yourself more than the sum of your parts? It's all very well talking about philosophy and holistic management. but How do you, you know, do it? How do you tell them what to do? How do you make them listen and how do you progress? Slav and Bilic.
2: What helped me in that way is in the beginning of my career. I was the manager of the national team of Croatia. So and there uh, it's not about the budget. It's about if you don't have, let's say, if you don't have right fullbacks who can go up and down, then you can't play it. You can't buy it because it's got to be creation. So you have to either to change a system or to improvise a bit. So it's, you have to adapt your, your system to the players you have. But the players are very modern today. They are very versatile today. They can more or less play in all systems they can play in different roles, you know. So uh, today it's much easier to make them adjust to your system, even if it's if it's like a demanding one that requires that you have to be actually there and you have to be physical or, or that, those kind of attributes. But there are some principles like I want to play that kind of a football. About the systems, you have plan A plan B, and then you can also find something in between or whatever, but the football's gotta be, your, your philosophy it's gotta be the same.
0: Here's Alan Pardew. Momentum in this division is everybody knowing their job, everybody doing it automatically, and, you, and, being, and having a platform to use your imagination. People forget that this is not game of chess. We coaches make it a kind of game of chess, but then you have to use your imagination. So from the chessboard, it becomes something different. It's not about logic. If it was about logic, the betting companies would never lose. It's not about logic. But it's about having the pieces in the right
3: position Mm. and then the imagination can flow from there. It changes from time to time. I mean generally we never really play the same way twice. Sam Allardyce. I'm pragmatic in the term that we have to assess all the opposition strengths and weaknesses so we may have to be capable of adjustment within our framework to beat them. And the players have to try and take that on board. It may look like the same system, but mm-hmm. we may ask players to do a different type of job than would have done the week before. When you're dealing with a, an unfair level of, you know, you've you've spent 30, 40 million, where as Man United spent 350 million, then from a financial point of view, you shouldn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should wipe the floor with you and win handsomely. But if tactically you can get your team to approach the game the right way and put those tactics in place, then they can cause Manchester United problems and and even beat them on the day, which is why the Premier League is so exciting. Uh, but you as a coach and me as a coach, being from a pragmatic point of view, it's always adjustment for the team. So the build-up would be, this is this game for this game. We are going to try and achieve that. This is how we try and achieve it and get the players ready to try and do it. Okay,
0: that all sounds sensible, but where do you start? Obviously, it depends on the players at your disposal, but what's the
2: first step? Make your team organised. Slav and village. First you work on the defence part of the team, which is much easier one to do than offensive part of the game. And then uh, what is very important in the beginning... Of your work, and in the beginning of the season, if you do something in training and you believe in that, the players, of course, they go like because they're all enthusiastic with the new managers as well and new staff. And then you go, Yeah, 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 he's doing the right thing, you are happy with them, they are happy with you, and all, but still, they don't know because the only the game is a test. They, they believe or they want to believe, especially those who who are going to play, of course, they're happy and everything. But then what is very crucial for the manager, for the whole staff and the whole, whole, whole thing is, is that first couple of results.
4: Gary Monk. I believe that as a football player, you should be adaptable. If asked to play in, in different ways, I think you should be able to do that and actually have the knowledge and know-how how to do it. I think the only team that I know that play one way all the time, no matter what, is Barcelona and for me they're the best team in the world at doing that so for the rest the mortals I think um, having the weapons of being adaptable and it's not always just for a whole game it can be a, a period of a game it can be five minutes in a game it can be a full game or a half a game or whatever it is I think to be able to adapt and be ready to change and, and know clearly what you have to do in that situation I think is a strong weapon but the key then is to put it with the, the principles that we have that are key principles we want to play possession we want to try and keep the ball we want to Try and play attacking football and we want to try and score goals but and we also want to be very good defensively, but I think keeping those principles which we work through every single day are, are there with the players, but then having that mindset to be able to adapt and have clarity with being able to do it within a game for me as a weapon
2: as a player I think that makes you, I think that makes you a better player Slavon and pillage in the offensive part of the game it it requires like a, Something also from the player, I believe, with the patterns of the game and everything, you can you can get your players in the better positions in the last third of the pitch, and then, But then, then it's up to them. You can give them a couple of solutions, but I always say your third solution is usually the best one. You know, and I'm gonna get you with patterns in a good positions that you are on a left wing but without the player on your back, that you're on a left wing, like with the ball on your feet, five yards from a defender, and then after that it's you. I'm going to give a solution to play, I don't know, one player to go there to make diagonal ball or to make a through ball, but then it's usually uh, the player's uh, quality. But as a manager you have to make him fit, you have to give him few options, you have to practice that training and you have to make him ready also mentally
0: but how long does it take to get a team playing your way Stuart Pearce you know what I don't think
5: you ever do if I'm being quite honest with you I don't think you'd you'd ever get a team playing exactly like you want them to play and I can probably only look at maybe Barcelona a few years ago and you looked at them and thought The manager's got them playing exactly how he wants them to play. I think it's a permanently evolving artwork in some ways, you know, and I don't think you ever arrive at a scenario where you think, that's perfection, that's exactly. You fall upon it, game by game, on the odd occasion, but in the main, there's so many variables. The opposition, for a start, they try and stop you doing what you're trying to do and, and play that utopian way. The ability of the players is a hindrance as well at times, you know. Sometimes you stumble across it. In some of the teams I've played in, um, the Euro 96 team, for instance, we stumbled across a formation and then stumbled across a performance against Holland that was probably utopian for the English public. Now, did we work and build up to that? No, we didn't. You know, We stumbled across it in some ways and certain individuals come into their prime at a certain moment in time. But I think you're forever evolving and
6: looking for that. Jimmy Floyd-Hasselbank. That's a difficult question. With some clubs it's very quick, but with some clubs it it can take a little bit longer. You would want to know that that they pick it up ASAP. But what what I always find is what you have to do is uh, repetition, repetition, repetition. Keep on doing the same things, you know, over and over and over again. And then it will enhance and it it will come. So... It takes time, especially when you come in the
4: middle of the season I think the perfect situation is to have a full season Gary monk I think that's the perfect situation but as management and, and as football as a culture right now is it's not always it's not able to do that you're working on a much shorter um, time frame um so you have to you have to do it very quickly but for me it's, it's just simplifying it for the players make it very simple concentrate on like our plan is we have certain periods of the season certain Cycles within a season that we work on certain things and that's done through repetition and making them better at it and, and, and just focus purely on that and then I think those things we build up over a course of the season if you can get further down the season then they all come together and and um, yeah that's what enables you to be successful for the long term but short term you have to work um, very quickly and cover probably a lot of things but to be fair the plan that we have we've followed it since the start of the season we work in two week cycles sometimes three week cycles on certain principles of our game and, and then we just keep changing the cycle and,
2: and then revisit it again and, and it seemed to have served this group quite well.
4: Here's Slaven Bilic.
2: It doesn't have to happen instantly. The key is you have to work. So those those, those kind of things, I believe in football that can be so organised. I mean about defence, there's no democracy in the defensive part of the game. It's not like I would like to do now. Nah. It is written And uh, it's very easy, it's very simple. You can make it more risky with holding the line a bit more up or you can make it more deeper, more secure, not letting them the space behind your last line. And uh, if you don't want to be that risky, but the best is to make a mixture of both. It's not simple, but as I said, there's no democracy about it.
0: There are ways to make it more simple. Knowledge is power, after all. And Sam Allardyce has been using statistics to help prepare his teams for nearly 20
3: years. I think that um, in 2000, when we first acquired the data, uh, it was, oh, and what do you do with it? We spent a huge amount of time with the backroom staff compiling that data in the right in the right manner for us. So you've got a huge amount of data coming to you. What, how are you going to break it down and what areas you're going to put it into, make it more accessible for your coaches to understand it. And then we can show that to the player, uh, as well as using your experience and your, your eye on the game, which is always going to be important, the match itself. It's then backed up by the data after that. And then you can go out and do more practices in those areas to either strengthen what is a very good part of the game or cover a little bit of a weakness you know and so as a learning tool if the player accepts it it it's much easier to get him to play better on the basis of a coach manager stroke data to go with it that actually is a monitoring system on how the player's performing week in and week out. So how much of a struggle was this newfangled approach this attempt to intellectualise football? Resistance was overcome by the fact that the room wasn't something they feared to go into or attend. It was going to show them uh, what they what they were doing, but it wasn't going to show them uh, too many negatives, which was a tendency in managers and coaches to go to the negative side far too much. We would show a few obviously negatives about the mistakes we might have made, but then we would go into what the positives were and we devised this the sort of pre-match um, analysis of the team to say, if we play like this, we will have an opportunity to beat the opposition. We would have to stop these strengths that they have, and we'd have to try and expose these weaknesses that they have, and, and if we can do do that, they'll give you an opportunity to, uh, to win the football match. Of course, the player himself, his responsibility is to play his best performance. You always need that, But the post-match then reviews whether, did you do any of that? And if you did some of that, did it expose them like we thought it would? Did we get behind them? Or did we get through them? Or did we switch the play quick enough? And was that one of the reasons why we actually won or drew the game? And and that was very easy, easy to sell to the players Mm -hmm. eventually. And they took uh, a huge amount of notice of that where they were Lots of them going off to the data analysis lads and looking at their own performances. And, uh, and obviously, um, it still is a fantastic tool that everybody's using now. Um, but for me, it's all about how you use the data to your benefit. But how do you get the players
7: to follow your instructions? You've got to motivate them to do that. Chris Pal, You've got to let them see, actually, if you do that, the end result is this. And you do it in training. You show them. Visually, I mean, they're all different learners as well. That's another thing. Some you have to physically show them. Others just show them on a DVD. You coach, you tell them. So they all learn differently. But if you say to them, look, this is the end result and it's going to be good for you and it's going to be good for the team, most of them will do their best and their utmost to do that. And it's about trying to motivate them and put them in a position that they can actually see, right, I can understand what the manager's talking about or assistant manager or first-team coach. I can see what they're trying to do and you want them to flourish because ultimately you get the result. The end result is trying to influence your team and, and get them up and to win.
0: Gary Monk was the manager of Leeds United, following in the footsteps of Dom Revie, who used to supply his players with individual dossiers highlighting the strengths and weaknesses of their opponents. Is there still a place for that? Could players handle that sort of information?
4: There's so much um, information out there nowadays that sometimes it can be a bit overbearing. The key is to simplify it, make it as simple as possible for the players. For instance, we focus on um, three things defensively and three things offensively. That's the amount of things that players can take on board in a short space of time. And I think going onto a pitch knowing, okay, these things... Of course, there's a lot more things that go to it than that that we train, but I think giving them the, the full process of, right... I get these three things right today defensively and we get these three things offensively right today and I just focus on them, gives them a better chance of performing and, again with clarity and um, of knowing that if they get those things right they're more likely to win the game or have a better chance of winning the game. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank.
6: You don't want to sit them all down because you have to treat them like men. Yes, there are meetings, there are video meetings and and, uh, the days before and, and all those kind of things. But those are maybe 10 minutes at the time. Not too much. The human being can't concentrate for a long, 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 long time. So you give them, you feed them in uh, little things at 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 a time, and then on a Saturday before the match, you do that again. And you have to also watch out by giving them too much information. You know, too much is also not good. So sometimes uh, I find uh, with the bigger matches. You give them really small information, because they fire themselves up for bigger matches anyway. It's the, it's the so-called smaller matches, where you want to make sure that they are fired up and that they know that these are also three points and very much needed. It's a balance. It's a balance that you're trying to get right.
5: Stuart Pierce, There's certain individuals that you, you can't give enough analysis to. There's other individuals that won't take it on board until you know those individuals on a personal front and, and and what makes them tick and whether it's taking them out on the training pitch and walking them through things, whether it's a 30-second clip of a video and they've got the message straight away. The clever players pick it up straight away. They make a mistake, they learn for themselves and they correct it themselves. The lesser players don't. They have to be shown it and then it shows whether they're good enough or not to not make the same mistake again.
0: In the next part of the Football Manager Files, we look at the match itself. How do managers feel when they wake up on match day? What do they do in the hours before kickoff? How hard is it for them to keep their cool on the touchline? And is throwing teacups in the dressing room still a thing? I'll see you here next time on the Football Manager Files. The Football Manager Files is a Muddy Knees Media production for Sports Interactive. It was written and presented by Ian McIntosh and produced by Ben Green. Additional reporting was by Alison Bender, Georgie Bingham, Michael Cox and Miguel Delaney. For more information, go to footballmanager.com.